Welcome to the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast with Michael Lafito, where top luxury agents reveal their best practices, plus interviews with real estate industry influencers, thought leaders, and luxury marketing experts. You'll come away from each episode with new strategies and tactics to dominate high-end homes in any market. And now for the latest episode of Luxury Listing Specialist. Here's your host, luxury real estate expert, coach, and trainer, Michael Lafito. Hey, everybody. Michael Lafito. Welcome back to the Luxury Listing Specialist podcast, where we interview top agents and top influencers throughout the world. I'm really excited um, for today's interview. We have Frank Azami, who's with Russ Lion Sotheby's International in Arizona, and he's, uh, he's the head of the private client group, and he's going to be sharing with us ways uh, to be creative, I guess, not just in your marketing, but when you have a client that's got a lot of assets, whether it be artwork, wine, cars, airplanes, how to take that into account to help get the property sold, to get the home sold based on their various assets. And it's a creative way, again, in most marketplaces, that upper end is not moving quickly. We definitely call that a buyer's market. You know, shortage of, uh, shortage of demand, a lot of supply. And so Frank's going to talk to us about how he takes into account other, other assets uh, that the owner owns to be creative to put together a deal. So uh, a couple bullet points on Frank. He's got a team of about five, uh, 15 agents. They've been averaging about $100 million in volume the last several years. He carries anywhere from 60 to 70 listings at any given time. And his personal average sale price transaction size was, is about $2.5 million. And um, am I missing anything there, Frank, or is that pretty Oh, my God, you nailed it. Uh, uh, do we even have to have an interview? I think you covered it all. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. No, I, I fig, you know, I, I figured I want to hit some of those bullet points right off the bat. You and I have been talking extensively leading up to this this podcast, and um, you shared some some great insight. We have a lot of you know common core uh, beliefs and philosophies on on marketing, and uh, you're doing some amazing things out there. And uh, again, I met you at a at a at kind of a, a party a couple months ago, and we have a lot of similar connections at at uh, concierge auctions, and so I've been really looking forward to this interview. So let's dive well, right thanks, into things. Thanks, Michael. And actually, I never thought that we would reconnect again because a lot of people you meet, they, you know, you kind of meet, and, then, and that's, that's about it. But with you, it's a follow-up, constant follow-up. I know we spoke several times before um, this interview, but, you know, I thank you because, you know, I want to be like you. <laughs> follow up with people. No, <laughs> I, I appreciate it, Frank. I believe in business cards. Many, you know, I go to a lot of these networking groups and, oh, I don't carry a business card. Well, I, I, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm, you know, ADD a little bit, but I like having those business cards because top of mind awareness. And so that's right. I'm you looking at your business card right now, Frank, from, from that meeting. <laughs> You're amazing. Thanks, Michael. So, yeah, uh, creative financing and uh, why why is it important? Well, as you remember, with the last downturn, um, you know a lot of people were bragging about being a short sale specialist and you know um, talking about selling a property at a at a discount below below appraised below uh, build cost below market value. Well, 
There's no talent to that. Anybody can give it away. I used to say, I said, let me see if you can sell it for uh, premium and sell the benefits and maybe use other creative ideas in creating a success story for the seller that who actually hired you. If that guy hired you, he, you better give him your best you got. And so we, we look at when we interview with a seller, we try to understand, first of all, where they are, why they're selling, where they're going, and understand more about their finances. You know, do they have a collection of uh, collectibles, if it's art or wine or cars or jet or uh, diamonds or anything that we could potentially use into uh, creating a win-win situation. So, like we talked about your listing, uh, 17 million, I think it's 17 million, um, you know, they're not using it as a, a, as a primary resident. They're using it as, as their getaway place. So do we have something here in Arizona where somebody, somebody has, you know, a playground and they don't want to use it anymore? They're tired of the desert. Now they want something different. They want a place where they can go fish and hunt and do something else with their family. Um, so we, we pretty much turn the seller into a buyer and a buyer uh, into a seller, um, you know, uniting deals, finding pretty much kind of like I always say, we're like a priest. We marry the deal instead of acting like an attorney and, and trying to, like, um, you know, defend a, a situation. We're not defending. A, we're, we're deal making, not deal breaking. So right. that's an art. And that is an you know, art. By, yeah. And, and, and so I think the, the, the more you, uh, you know, talk to your client, the more you understand their ability, financial ability, their goal, and you get that across to the agent you're working on the other side and making sure that everybody has due diligence period. Everybody can check everything. Uh, get an appraisal on that art. Get that, make sure that's authentic. Make sure the attorneys are involved. Make sure the experts that know the product, the inspectors are involved. You know, have that due diligence in place. And if everybody feels still good, we do the deal. And, and um, we essentially create better sales but it's that customer service that we signed up for, okay? We, 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 we signed up that we're going to give them the best, um, you know, professional, um, what do you call it, uh, you know, knowledge that we have and see how we can, we can unite a deal. Mm-hmm. So the overall experience, trying to bring as much value to the relationship as possible. Yeah, that and, and also, you know, everybody can list it. Like on MLS, uh, you can offer a property uh, that it could be purchased through cash uh, or through just conventional. You know, there are other check marks in there. Uh, I know here in Arizona, we didn't have the trade. Uh, we added that. They wanted to know why is that important because be, there may be a trade of some sort in there. And the, the one thing they didn't give us, the armless, they call it, Arizona Regional MLS, they didn't give us what the asset is. But it's so important to, to say, okay, we're willing to take, here's our have, here's our need. So if we know what our need is, then everybody would know and somebody would call us and say, hey, listen, uh, 
you know, your need is a, is a, you know, office building. Uh, I have an office building. I don't, I don't want to be a landlord anymore. I don't want to own it anymore. I'd rather have a playground where I can enjoy it. I can't enjoy um, th- that ranch that you have listed uh, the way I can with an office building. So take my $17 million income-producing property and give me that ranch because, I, I, you know, <laughs> I only live once. I'm 50, 60 years old. I want to go take my grandkids, get, get, get my kids and my friends my, uh, and go and, and use this space. Um, I don't need the money anymore. I need, I need my life. Um, so we do a lot of that kind of, um, you know, types of exercise to be able to bring deals together. I can give you an example. We, we had a, a penthouse in uh, downtown Scottsdale, and this penthouse was part of a resort. Well, in the down market, you know, nobody would finance a penthouse in a, in a resort, in a, in a, um, a hotel. So we had to look at other avenues, other ways to, to sell this property because not everybody wanted to put cash for it. Uh, during the Barrett-Jackson auction, it's a car auction uh, that takes place here in town, we advertised that we would take cars. So guess what? We got a call. Somebody had a car that either they didn't sell or didn't trade. They said, well, I'm not going to drive this thing back. I'll throw it into the deal, and the balance I pay in cash, and that's how we sold it. Uh, we had another scenario where that's a gentleman cool. had, yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> and the guy was happy. He took the car, and guess what he did with it? He drove it right to the Mercedes dealer, traded in, and bought a different car, and, and, and that was his car. Um, so... There's other ways to do it. Like, you know, we have land that it's, you know, 30, 40, 50 miles out. You know, nobody wants the land, but they would take something closer in. Uh, we've, done a, we've done a transaction where they took another property plus the difference in cash. They bought the, the land to, to, to develop. It's like 160 acres. And, uh, you know, And sold that, so they got all their cash, and they sold the sold the property. Um, right. But if you wanted to wait until that person came in with no other baggage, I call it. You know, they just came in to give you a bag full of cash, or they go get a financing on it. You know, you would have to wait a little longer. So you you just basically expedite a sell. You shorten it, and guess what else it does? Um, when there's one person interested on the property. You and I know there's six other people that are interested. Once you're talking to people, other people. I don't know what it is, but, it, you know, like, I think the stars kind of, like, line up. So we create momentum. And you, you and I know all sales are based on momentum. You bring a property on the market, it's new, and, you know, there's a lot of attention on it. You know, people come in all at the same time to preview it. It's going to produce a contract. Because they're all looking at each other. Who's going to buy this? Is it going to be you? Is it going to be somebody's going to buy it? Um, look at what auctions are doing. They bring attention and momentum to a property. All of a sudden, they put all these people against one another, and they they sell the property. The property trades. Creating urgency. 
Right. How do, you, how do you create urgency in a buyer's market when there's a lot of inventory and no demand? Or maybe not even a lot of inventory, but definitely no demand. How do you create that urgency? So, so creative financing, looking at all the, the resources from artwork, wine, cars, airplanes, being creative, maybe taking a property on trade. You know, how, how do you, how do you engage that conversation? You know, like I, I have a guy, like Michael said, how many people do you know that they – on the property free and clear, okay? Why can they sell or finance it, okay? Take, if you take that money and put it in the bank or something else, it may produce less than 5%, 6% that you can probably ask on a seller finance. Sell or finance it. Make, you know, sell it for premium. Get, get them, you know, the, the payments. And if they default, foreclose on them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so seller financing is a huge part of our business. You know, we talk about it. And, and a lot of times people come in and they look at the property and they like the seller financing. And then at the end of the day, they write the contract and it's all cash. So, but they would have never gotten there, never would have bought the place if they didn't fall in love with it. And, and, the, and the creatives go away. A lot of times we talk about trades. By the time we write the deal, the deal is a straightforward deal. But it would have never taken place if we didn't put our fishing, I call it the bait. We put multiple baits. One, of, one bait has sell financing attached to it, the other bait. And we're all fishing, we're fishing for the buyer. And, and the buyer is looking for something that they want to accomplish. Maybe, you know, there's, maybe there's a white elephant in their portfolio that they don't need. So, but, you know, uh, the, the, the saddest part of, of this whole thing is, uh, you know, in the beginning when I first, when the market was tanking and I was doing a lot, I was pitching this a lot, not too many people commit. You know, if you all know, uh, you know, an exclusive listing or just to give you a listing agreement, if they don't give me a listing agreement, I'm not going to work. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, all these, you, this is all exciting, but once you become uh, an expense, not an asset for, for a client, then you, you, you're worthless. You're worth nothing. So, um, you know, you did all the work. And they got, they found what they wanted to do, and now you're an expense, and and you're not going to get paid. So, you know, it's bad enough that we got to get paid at the end of the transaction. Um, but you know, if if they don't commit, I don't go to work. Yeah. And if I'm doing a deal with somebody on the other side, I want to make sure that they are they are compensating for that transaction. I don't care if it's art or not. I'm getting I'm getting paid on. It's part of the deal. So we're getting mm-hmm. paid on that too. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that's, that's really interesting. Important. Yeah, because you I, have to have a value. What's your value? If you're doing it for fun, get out, you know, then. Right, right. You know. There are a lot of charities you could do for fun. I, I totally get where you're coming from. So the creative financing. So, so it's interesting, you know, you talked about short sales and all this back in the day. But if somebody owns the property free and clear, you are still offering seller financing, not necessarily because your potential buyer is hurting financially, but it just is another option. Maybe they want to leverage other people's equity and money. Is that what you're saying? Not only that, yes, Mike. 
you know, we have a lot of Canadians that buy in our marketplace in Scottsdale uh-huh. and Paradise Valley, or yep. Europeans, or, or just people from out of the area, out of the country. They don't want to bring in five million bucks to buy a property. You know, they want to bring, maybe they can only bring a million or two. Maybe there are restrictions of how much money. I know China is, is like, you know, prohibiting money to leave the country anymore. So what do you do? You, you, you bring them in. I know we sold one uh, at a premium in a down market to a Chinese buyer. Um, you know, the property was worth at the time 900000 We got a million five for it because, you know, that's, that was the note. That was the note on it. We didn't short sell it. We wrapped it. And we seasoned that, that buyer, and, and we put a new financing on it. So there was an alternative way to, to sell a property so that the seller wouldn't uh, get a short sale um, on his, on his uh, you know, uh, credit. So, you know, again, seller financing and how do you advertise that seller financing in the agent remarks? Is there, like, how do you make it predominant? Like, where well, all, agent remarks is great, but what's greater? It's public remarks. You want that end user to call you, and right. then if you can't find them that, and you're knowledgeable and you're a good agent, and you know other other seller financing opportunities, you say, hey, listen, this is mine. You're calling me. Here's the situation here. If this doesn't work. I got six other ones I can show you, right? So you put them on, on one that fits best for his, for his need. So, and then, you know, like I have an attorney right now. This house listed for $3.2 million right now. We bought it on, on seller financing. He's Canadian. He owned, he, he's a trial attorney, retired trial attorney. Uh, he owned, owns a casino in, in Canada. And he called me. He goes, hey, listen, I'm, I'm looking for some finance. I don't want to bring all that money from Canada over here. I can, but I don't want to. So what we did was we found, we found a deal. And sometimes the agent on the other side is not broadcasting, you know, the, the, the willingness of the seller. But if you can ask, and, and I know a lot of these guys – especially if they're doing it part-time, they'll hang up on you or they don't know it or they think it's a fraud or something like right. that. But if right. they know your name and you, you know, they, they can get comfortable with your buyer, I uh-huh. think, and you, you educate them maybe through a little blurb of, Hey, here's, here's the, here's the client, find this so-and-so, this is their situation. Would your client consider this exercise? And you'd be surprised how many people will say yes. And guess what? You just sold the property. You get paid. So we'll talk about the getting paid. That was my next question. Talk to me how the numbers work. So, you know, let's just keep it real simple for, for people listening. Let's just say it's a $3 million sale. The co-op is 3%. You know, let, let's say it's a six, three and three. Let's talk numbers here. How does mm-hmm. the seller financing aspect work? Okay, again, you're delaying it's, the it's, closing. So when do you get paid as the listing agent? You're we're, no, we're not, we're not delaying the closing. We're closing, we're closing escrow, okay? Instead of the bank being the lender, the seller is the lender. The seller is the bank. So transfers title, and here in Arizona, and, and uh, you get paid. You get paid just like you would in any other deal. You just don't have to go through a whole nonsense of, you know, bank approvals, bank you know, you know, your seller should approve them, 
should get some maybe uh, credit report off of them. Yeah, your but, seller's got to you know, do their due diligence, right? Right, exactly. I mean, but the buyer, if, if they're happy with a deal, most likely they don't want to do an appraisal. I think they should get an appraisal. They know what they're buying. Um, but, you know, you're selling it for premium because you're offering terms. When you offer terms, you, you know, you benefit from, um, you know, from the sale. From, right. So that's, so the, the numbers will work out just like if you had a normal sale. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing different. You get paid when it closes. It closes escrow. As a matter of fact, instead of 30 days, you can do it as, as close as I've done them in a week. You know, we created the paperwork. We already have it in place. You know, fill in the blanks. Um, and um, you, you, you get it through a title company. If they, they do want to run it by their attorney, they're welcome to. We're doing one right now with the guys from Washington State. And uh, Entrepreneur... He has nine million in his account, but he needs it for his business. He doesn't yep. want to. Buy, he doesn't want to put five million into purchasing a house. So we're doing creatives there, and we're getting premium for it because our our cash guy was about I don't know three hundred fifty thousand dollars less. Okay. And and since you're broadcasting this uh, um, after this closes, I can I can say this. So this is going to close right this way, but. Um, so we can we can discuss it. Yeah. yeah. So 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 the seller you you probably in this really don't want this to come back and bite you in case the buyer couldn't be f- perform and then you got to foreclose on the buyer etc. So what are you encouraging the seller as far as their due diligence to make sure that this buyer's story adds up because they obviously they have some skin in the game they're putting down you know deposit what have you but at the end of the day what what are you encouraging your sellers from a due diligence standpoint uh so due diligence if they're going to pay in time well well just I've, like yeah not necessarily I mean, that they're going to pay in time but but hey th- this guy's story adds up he, he's worth millions what have you are you proof of funds i guess i mean i what do you proof do of funds um you can ask for tax returns you can ask for you can you can do a little um uh, re- you know you research to see if they are who they are if they have uh filed I mean, honestly, I would bring in your CPA and attorney into play when you're doing it. Why not? Especially the, the, the larger the numbers are, you know, make sure. There, there are people out there doing crazy stuff. So that's why you hire experts. you got the best agent. You know, make sure your agent's in business, right? You know, they've done X amount of transactions a year. They, they know what they're talking about. You know, when you and I know, we, we see them, we smell them, we know, we know trouble. We could call right. it. As soon as you see, nine out of ten times, you're going to be right, right? Right. You, you, you're dealing with buyers all the time. You're dealing with sellers all the time. You know, it's just like the guy that trains the dog knows what, how to get that dog to be trained. That's his expert. He's an expert. That's, that's what he does day in and day out. And so that's, that's, that's what a good agent does. They, they can... They can send and bring a deal. I, there are people that are, you know, out there that they just want to close the deal. <laughs> that's that's out there. That, that's something that you have to yep. make sure you you get a reputable 
you know, company, re- reputable agent, and um, ask ask questions. Make sure yep. you hire the right guy, just as you do with, with an attorney or a CPA or a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, make well, sure that, they're in business. I mean, so... So you touched on, I mean, that's really the big takeaway, folks, that are listening to this podcast is the creative financing, the upper end, the high-end homes. In most marketplaces, it's definitely a buyer's market, so you need to be creative. And one of the ways to be creative that Frank shared with us is basically seller financing, right? And, and so do your due diligence, but if a seller's motivated, they tell you they're motivated on a scale of 1 to 10, hey, Frank, hey, Mike, I'm a 10, well, many times they don't want to reflect in their price so this is a great alternative to get potential buyers through the property and you could differentiate yourself as even as a buyer's agent and you might attract more buyers with this so um, but like you said Frank you got to educate the other agents many times because there's a lot of traditional inside the box agents pretty fair to say absolutely but but not only seller financing it's, it's asset management okay so I have a third or fourth home and I'm done. I'm done with Hawaii. I want the desert. I don't want the desert. I want the uh, lake uh, property, or if I want a ski property, or whatever it is. So it's it's your have and need. Here's what I have. Here's what I need. And and sometimes we take them shopping. Say, hey, listen, maybe we can find somebody who has a third or fourth home also that um, is not that doesn't need it. And, and would take yours. So, you know, it's a lot of legwork, but I tell you, if, if you're starting in the business and, you know, you can create, um, you, you can create a success story, then you can, you can just elevate your game and get, you know, get more market share for yourself. Yeah. If it were easy, everyone would do it. Isn't that right, Frank? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Hard, it's not hard, easy. The thing is to get up in the morning Dress up like a professional. Know what you're doing. Know the inventory, and and really connect with people that other other great agents in other other markets. They may have the lead for you, like you yeah. and I. I mean, we spoke about multiple different listings you have, things that I have. You know, right. you know what's going on with this guy? What's what's his motivation in selling? You know, what's his timeline? Does he even have a timeline? I mean, there's going to be a 10-year I mean, there's an agent in, a, in my marketplace that his average days on, on the market is 10 years. It's not days. It's years on the market. Jeez. 10 years. I mean, there, there are times yeah, when where... You, when, you need a, when you need a property to be listed, call him, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listed, that's all you're not doing. Sold. You're listing. Listed. <laughs> you're listing it. You're not selling it. So you got to right. realize, I mean, you know, do you want to take a listing and just kind of go away and... I mean, it is nice, but it's costly for some of us, yeah. like you and I. We take yeah. great photos and, and video, and we spend yeah. money in marketing. You know, you're traveling all the time, pitching it to other other people in other markets. It's a lot of it's a lot of effort. Yeah, it is a lot of effort. Realize. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I love I love today's topic, and you talked about when you get that first success, you didn't say the word leverage it, but leverage that, and it will open other doors for you. So when you do get that successful deal, so you know, for a couple of things before we let it, um, we let everyone go again for those agents that are listening to this podcast, and you want some more meat and potatoes, you want to to attract more high end 
clientele and listings, don't forget to check out our certification, LuxuryListingSpecialist.com, LuxuryListingSpecialist.com. Or you can shoot me a note at Michael at Marketing Luxury Group, Michael at Marketing Luxury Group, if you have any ideas or suggestions on future podcasts. But, but Frank, for anyone that might have a referral in your market there in Arizona, they want to ask you a question, or they, like I said, maybe, maybe they have someone looking to, to move to or from Arizona, what's the best way for somebody to reach out to you, Frank? Oh, sure. By phone, it's 480 480- Two six six zero two four zero four eight zero two six six zero two four zero, or they can just um, email me at frank. Oh, uh, it's frank at PCG Private Client Group. It stands for agents.com. So frank at P as in Paul, C as in Charlie, G as in George, agents.com. PCGAgent.com. Frank at PCGAgent.com. Frank, Agent. some great insight today. What's that? Oh, with an S. Agents. Because agents, plural. Agents. A G E N T S dot com. Um, so again, Frank's number 480-266-0240. Frank at PCGAgents, plural, dot com is his email. On creative creativity. Uh, so again, you're you're doing amazing things. You're investing in your clients. You are a marketer, uh, which is great. You don't just list properties. Anyone can list them, as attested by the guy that's got a ten year average. And that's what we talk about with the the luxury listing podcast. Is hey, we don't just list homes. We market them. There's a calculated difference. So some great insight on ways to be creative. Look at all the different assets and try to put deals together. So thank you for your time today. Frank. Thank you for your time, Michael. I always enjoy talking to you. Hey there, it's Michael Lafito. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. If you are interested in signing up for our luxury listing specialist certification, or if you want additional information on how you can dominate selling higher end homes in your marketplace, make sure you go to luxurylistingspecialist.com.